Well, good morning. Elder Joe Thompson couldn't be with us. He had to fly out to California for his job. But didn't you think Tracy's doing a great job here this morning? We are one flesh, when husband and wife, and when we're called, we're called together. Husband and wives are called, and they're called together. This morning, we're going to talk about a little bit about pastor appreciation, because that's one of the things we're going to be doing here today. But God has a message and a word for you. So let us go to, we're going to move right along, so take notes or get on the internet later and catch it. So <laughs> let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise, glory, and honor here this morning. We thank you for your holy presence. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for what you're doing here this morning. And we give you the praise and we give you the glory. When an individual is called into ministry, and it's not just them, it's their spouse as well. So this morning we're going to honor and give honor to our pastors, Pastor TJ and Pastor Carrie Ann. And we're going to look at some scriptures, and you might learn something that you have, did not know before. But as we look at that responsibility that lies upon them, we find out that as we continue in the Word of God, we find out that we have a great responsibility ourselves. But let's start with 1 Timothy in chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the Word and doctrine. First of all, we'll see it says the elders. A pastor, apostle, is an elder. And it says here that they should be worthy of double honor. And that word double also means price. I took the time to look up some of the additional meanings. And it says, so they're worth uh, double the price, whatever that price is. (laughs) One of the things I do know about the word Tony, Tony means, I got a mug, it even says so. It says, Tony means priceless one. So, uh, that's just a little side note. Anyway, uh, So we want to give them honor here today, but we need to understand that honor comes from the Lord. And we look in John chapter 12, verse 26. It says, if any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Our pastors serve the Lord. And when we or you or they serve the Lord, God will take care of the honoring, and he will honor and give favor. So our pastors are servants. They are gifts in which God has given to us, and they serve us, and they serve God. However, they're not maids or butlers or slaves. Their ownership belongs to the Lord. And the Lord owns them and have given them to us as gifts and has told us to honor them. And one of the greatest ways that you can honor your pastors is to pray for them. So I'm going to encourage you through this message to pray for your pastors. So now let's look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, And are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So look at this word, know. 
That word no says you know them. Well, yeah, hey, I know my pastors, but let's take a look and see what that word means a little bit more. It means to have regard for one. It means to cherish. It also means pay attention to. And I'm sure Pastor TJ likes that definition because I'm sure he would like for you to pay attention to him while he's preaching or teaching. And I would like the same as well this morning. So (laughs) it says to know them, pay attention to, but it also says to understand. And to understand someone, you listen to them, you spend time with them, especially uh, in the services. But as a pastor, you begin to understand and know what they're about. Why? Because something happens in your life as well. And we look at that in verse 13. In verse 13, it says, And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. So one of the things that you, as you, as you do this act of giving double honor, as you esteem them, and it didn't say highly, it said very highly, and you esteem them in love, there is a reward that comes in your life, and that is called peace. So there's a lot of things that we can do that God promises through peace, and this is one of the things that we do that God brings peace into our lives with. But let's go back to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 and take a little bit harder look at that verse. It says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. So God lays a responsibility upon pastors that they must rule well, not just rule any way, but rule well. How? In the way of Jesus Christ, in the same example as Jesus Christ. And we find the Scripture tells us that they're held accountable for such. And I want us to look in James chapter 3, verse 1. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. James was talking here, and that word masters means teachers. Some translation says teacher. There's not many teachers. He says, but we, he's talking about himself as being a teacher. There'll be a much greater judgment or condemnation. So I took a look at that word. What all does that mean in the context of this verse? And we find that that judgment is condemnation of wrong, the decision... The decision, whether it is severe or mild, which one passes on the faults of others. Now think about that. A pastor has an awesome responsibility because they can actually pass on their own faults. The Lord taught me that lesson. We don't have a good, we don't have time to go into that example. But what we find here, whether it be severe or not, see a pastor takes the word of God and brings that word of God to the people. And if he has, well, okay, I'm not sure I really like what this really says because that means I might have changed my own life. Uh, that might mean I have, you know, and I'll just water that one down a little bit. Well, no, 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 no. God says, hey, there is a greater condemnation or greater judgment. So, I, you know, I'm laying, I'm, I'm laying out for you that you realize a little bit about what your pastor's responsibilities that he has toward God and the accountability that he and she has toward the Lord. So as we go on, to see a little more about that, it's, uh, that, that, that word of judgment, he says, uh, it also goes on to say that uh, passing on the faults of others. So what that means is we, have, we will give an account, or he will give an account. But also scripture tells us that we ourselves will give an account 
ourselves, we'll stand before God and give an account. Jesus taught us that for whosoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And as you learn more of the Word of God, and as you receive more of the Word of God, there's more required of you. And as a pastor, you study it out every week, and you spend hours and hours in prayer and studying of the Word and, and praying for your pa- congregation. And uh, th- there's a, a revelation of the Word of God begins to come to you. And God begins to not only say, hey, walk in that and be that example to your congregation. So in 1 Timothy 5 and 18, now that's right after the verse that says, give double honor. And that next verse says, for the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Well, I took a little, take a little more, look at that word reward. So I wanted to understand a little more about that word reward. And here's what I found out. It says the fruit naturally resulting from toils and endeavors. But it also, in the context of the verse, has this meaning as well. And it's in both senses, it, it, it talks about rewards and punishment. And it says the results which God bestows on or will bestow upon good deeds and endeavors or of punishment. So he will receive, the pastors will receive their just rewards. Whether it be a blessing of good or whether it be not so good. (laughs) So you can see the pastors have an awesome responsibility. Did I say that you need to pray for your pastors? (laughs) Pray for your pastors because they have a heavy responsibility. The battle is great. They have a battle because the enemy is after them and, and, and because they, they're set out there uh, as an example. And we're going to talk about example in just a few moments. But it, they're set out there and, and the enemy is after them in so many different ways. What We find out statistically that 95% of ministers who graduate from the, the schools of theology and they graduate and they go into the ministry, within five years, 95% of them are gone. 1,500 per month in America are quitting and giving up. Because of the pressures and because of what takes place in that. Did I say we need to pray for our pastors? I want you to remember that. But as they pray for you as well. One of the greatest things that a pastor can do is to be a consistent example. Not only they, but one of the greatest things that you and I can do is to be a consistent example of who Jesus Christ is in our life. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Paul is talking here to the Corinthians. He says, Wherefore, I beseech you, be followers of me. Well, now, he wasn't being fat-headed or big-headed. He was saying, you know, follow me. I'm following Christ. And he said it again and again and again. And we'll look at it a few more times in the Scriptures where he says, follow after me. Then in verse 17, he went on to say, For this cause have I sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. 
So he's going to bring into that remembrance. Now, Paul is talking in the script. We're going to see in a few minutes a progression of him talking about being an example. Be an example. Follow me. Here's Timothy. He knows my ways. He's going to show you my ways. But as we go on through the scriptures and the epistles, we're going to see a progression here. And as we look at that progression, he begins to change his terminology and he began to talk about us. And then he talks about the others. He talks about all of us. As the church grew, they, the church was in its infancy. And as the church grew, God was raising up more and more examples in the congregation to be an example to the world of who Jesus Christ is. So then we see in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, Be you followers of me, even as I am of Christ. Jesus, I mean, Paul again, telling them, reminding them again. But let's look in Philippians 3.17. And in this particular verse, it says, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as I have, as you have us for an example. First of all, he says, mark them. And I took a look at this word and I found some interesting things about what that word means to mark them. One, it says to look at, observe, contemplate. It says to fix one's eyes upon, direct one's attention to, to look, to look to. So this is what it means to mark them. And, and one of the things we should do is mark our pastors. Why? Because the scripture tells us to, and to look to them, look to them as an, for an example, look to them for guidance and direction, look to them as, as leaders who God has placed them as such that you may follow them in the ways of the Lord. And as they say with Paul, the same, follow me as I follow Christ. But it also said in, in this word, uh, we see the, the word that we're talking about here, mark them. It says also take heed to thyself. Take heed to thyself. So when you look to these examples, then begin to take heed to yourself as well uh, so that you see that your own example and what kind of example that you carry. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. Let's go back to 17 again. I mean, Philippians three seventeen. It says, so as much as you have us for an example. Here he began to change. As I say, the progression changed. So he's talking about us as an example. Then in Philippians 4, 9. They'll catch up to me. Philippians 4, 9, it says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So he's saying, here, what you've learned from me, what you've received from me, what you've heard from me, what you've seen in me. And I'm sure, and I, and I heard Pastor TJ say, Amen. Because... Uh, this is what is in his heart. This is what he desires. He desires that you to do that which you've learned from him, what you see him do, what you, what he's teaching you, what he's training you. There's no greater joy than to see someone to receive of that word that, that, you, that God has put in you and you've shared it with others, to see them to take that and see that change their life and see that help their life. That's part of the reward that a minister would receive here on this earth. And I'm going to use that word minister because you too are a minister and all of us have been called as ministers. And when we read the word of God, we're all called as ministers. Then Paul said again over in Thessalonians, he says, to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. He was talking about himself and the others. 
And he says, we make ourselves an, an example to follow you. He was talking about people that weren't in the pastoral position. He was talking about people that also wasn't elders in the church. He was talking about those uh, that had been marked. He was talking about those that God gives honor to. He's talking about those that God gives reward to. He was talking about you uh, being that kind of example and making yourself an example. And this today is one of the greatest things that God has called all of us to do, is to be made an example. There's no more, there's such a need for an example today in our society for the church to rise up and be who Jesus Christ has called us to be. So we turn to God's direction to us in 1 Timothy 4 and 12. He says, let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believers in word, conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. There's a whole series of message right there, Pastor, in that, uh, in that verse. But he says, be an example of the believers. So he commissions us and tells us to. The word example means to, to, uh, to mimic, to imitate. He says, be, behave in such a way that someone can... Uh, duplicate you or, or act just like you uh, in, in, in the, the same way and copy it exactly. Now let's look at this statement. Nothing flawed is mass produced. So what do they do? They work on it. They change it until it gets perfect and then they go into the mass production of it. So when you make yourself or you strive to make yourself an example, you're preparing for multiplication. Uh-huh. You're repairing for multiplication. And you can begin to say, follow me as I follow after Christ. Your example to your family. Your example to uh, in your job and on your business. And your example in the community makes you a leader. And God has called you to be a leader. He's called you to be a leader just as he's called our pastors to be leaders. He's called this congregation. He's called the Christians. There's not many of us. Therefore, we are to be leaders on the job, in the business, and in, uh, in every aspect of life. So you have a realm of influence in your life, regardless of who you are, where you live, where you work. Athletes and politicians and entertainers. You know, that they, they seek to distance themselves from being a role model. They'll say, oh, that's my personal life. And politicians will say, oh, that's my personal life. It shouldn't come into it. It doesn't mean anything. But what they really want, they want their position and the influence they have without the pressure of example. Because there's a pressure that comes along with the example. Examples doesn't have so much to do with the absence of sin or, or sinful issues as it does with influence. You can, you can get forgiveness, but your influence will be destroyed. So when we have examples in our work, there's several. I'm going to read the notes here real quick. <laughs> but I want you to just listen to this quickly, and we're going to take a look at some of the places where he might be speaking to you here this morning. It says, an example of our work, God is a God of order. And when, Egypt came, uh, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they were in disorder. When they came out of the wilderness, they were in order. God took the creation, uh, and he created the earth, and he, took the, and he put it in order first. So order precedes multiplication. And when a thing is out of order and you go, you're looking for that place and you run, finally get there in that department store and it's got your name over it, women or men, and it's out of order, nothing's good's going to come out of that, right? 
you're going to have to keep looking. So everything's got to be in order. It says punctuality is a sign of order. When an individual, when, um, when an individual is constantly late, disorganized in their life and time, uh, it's, it's an indication that their life is out of order. Procrastination or overcommitment, uh, when we're late all the time, there is no excuse for that. It conveys a lack of respect for the one that you're meeting with. That's why we set this time clock. We come here and we meet the Lord. It's at 10 o'clock. We're going to be coming to meet one another. We're coming to worship one another. We're coming here to be with the, uh, and to meet with our Lord and Savior. That's why we start on time. Dr. Cho, largest church in the world, he, he, his policies would be 15 minutes early, no matter who he's with and being with, because he respected those that he had appointments with. Being with, busy is never an excuse for tardiness. Jesus never seemed to be in a hurry or late. The second thing uh, that we assign of being out of order or being in order is a strong work ethic is another sign of order. Discipline is critical to your example. Says in Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule. Lazy, sloppiness, approach will not be rewarded. Diligence is rewarded in the home and in the workplace. Laziness uh, reaps its own reward. Your dress is also a sign of order. Unkept, disheveled uh, uh, appearance uh, uh, is a symptom of a confused lifestyle. I know that casual dress is appropriate, and we have that today in our society, but there's a difference between casual and catastrophic. An example... And an example in our, our, our community, God has called us to be. The world's ever watching after us to see what kind of example we are. Reckless driving, um, uh, annoyance with the teller at the bank, impatience with the waitress because the order's a little bit right uh, off. The world is looking to see and to judge, and they're looking to see our, uh, because they want to be able to say, all Christians are hypocrites. Your speech is critical to your example. Cross words, a foul word, or an unke- uh, uh, unkind word is never forgotten. In Ephesians, it says, neither filthiness, nor foolishness talking, nor uh, coarse jesting, which are not uh, fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Offensive, uh, off-color jokes, uh, cut down sarcastic remarks. What kind of example does that display? God has called us to be an example like Jesus Christ. It's important for us to maintain our courtesy in the parking lot, on the interstates, uh, returning something to the department store. Is it worth it to blow your stack just to get your way? In Corinthians, it says, why not rather take wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? Go the second mile. Obey the rules. Take a look at this statement right here. Think in terms of your example to others, not whether you are right. An example to our families. You have no greater influence than your example to your family. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. One that rules well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man... No, not how to rule his own house. How shall he take care of the church of God? Your family and what you do in your family. And I'm, I'm excited about the example that our pastors have in their family and their own children. It shows that they are ruling well and that they can rule in the house of God. Your example is a reflection of how much of God is in you. Our example should be a reflection of him.
There's a song I was listening to while I was preparing this in closing here. He says, and, and one of the phrases said, Lord, I give you me. And these other thoughts and lyrics begin to come to my mind. And I, Lord, I give you me to be an example of you. Take me, make me the person I ought to be. That all who know me knows that you are the God I serve. That all that know me knows that you are the God I serve. I was talking with John Payton yesterday, talking about what we're speaking about. He said, I've been speaking about the salt of the earth. He says, you're the salt of the earth. A piece of salt can change the whole pot. Your very presence can change everything. Everywhere you are. Anywhere you are. This morning, I pray that you have been challenged to pray for your pastors but also that you've been challenged to be the example that God has called you to be. We went through quickly. We got some things to do. But listen, right here this morning, is there in your life, would you like to be a greater example of who Jesus Christ in your life, on the job, in the home, wherever it might be? Would you like to see some of those changes, maybe some of those issues that I hit, uh, touched on you? There's one of them I didn't want to say, but I didn't want my fault passed on to you, so I said it anyway. Okay, (laughs) so uh, I preached it to myself as well. I'm going to ask you right now, we're going to do an altar thing. That means we're going to stand, but don't stand right now. But if you want to be an example, a greater example of Jesus Christ, you want him to help you in these things like that, and and, and do, do as Paul said, make ourselves an example. You want to do a greater job in that right now. We're going to pray, and I'm going to pray for you. So let's stand. If you stand right now, and if you're saying, God, I want to be an example. I want to be a greater example. I want to work on these things in my life. I want the church to be seen differently by the world. I want the world to see who we really are. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for touching. We thank you for moving. And we thank you for uh, touching every person here right now by your Holy Spirit. Moving in their life. Lord, giving them the anointing and the strength and the power and the might. We thank you, God, for their commitment. Lord, we thank you for the supernatural work being touched in every individual right now as they're standing in the name of Jesus. And we give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.